Thank you for joining us for this message from Cornerstone Community Church in Lynchburg, Virginia. And now let's join our guest speaker. So, um, two things. One, my family isn't with me today. Um, Here in Winston-Salem, my mother-in-law, my wife's mother, of course, um, has been installed as a mother in the church there in Winston-Salem. And so my wife and the kids went to be with her during that time. Uh, so she misses it, definitely. Uh, she prayed for me before she left out this morning. She'll be returning this evening. Um, so that's one thing I wanted to let you guys know. And then secondly, I always feel it's important to let you guys know that um, uh, my job sometimes requires, well, sometimes, a lot of the time, requires me to work on the weekends. Um, I have some, sometimes like a rotating schedule. Um, I work days and nights and sometimes in between. And therefore, if you don't see me, I'm probably at work, going to work, coming from work, somewhere at work. Um, um, yeah, sometimes I work. So next weekend, let's see, I work Friday, Saturday, Sunday, Monday night. And so I doubt if I'll be here on Sunday because um, <laughs> I work Saturday night and then I have to go back in Sunday, Sunday night. And I'm not good at with nights. I'm still not. I've been working here for several years now, and I'm still not very good at nights. And it just kind of takes my life over, and all I can do is get up and barely make it to work and back. Uh, and we work 12 hours, 12 hours. So I work 6 p.m. to 6 a.m. or vice versa some days. So. so, yeah, so if you don't see me, I have not backslidden. I am not. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm still yet yet holding on, uh, but I always feel like, oh, you, you didn't see me last Sunday, and then you, I'm preaching, and then you won't see me next Sunday because I'll be at work, but then you'll see me the Sunday after, I think, because I'm preaching, and I think, yes. So I'm, I don't only come just because I'm preaching. That's not the reason. <laughs> we work out a schedule when I'm off or when I can preach or help pastor out. I definitely am willing to. Uh, but yeah, so with that being said, we're going to jump right into the message. Uh, our title or theme that we're going to go with for, I guess, the next few Sundays is uh, who we are, and we're starting with our values. And so we're going to be talking about who we are as Cornerstone Community, Community Church, and then as the body of Christ in general. Um, and our values, I don't know if as a new member of Cornerstone, if you attend the Connect Step class, I don't know if you get one of these or you definitely go through this book. Um, but in this booklet here, it talks about values of high importance to our pastor. And he's been doing this. I've been a part of Cornerstone for, oh, man, so many years now. <laughs> I feel old when I say it. At least 15 years. Uh, but, yeah, we've been going through these values a long time. Uh, but these, there are five values. I'm only going to do number four. And then next week, Pastor Taylor is going to hit on number three. I'm going to read just highlight all five of them. Um, number one is uh, relationship with God. Number two is the word of God. Uh, three, character development. Four, fruitfulness, which is what I want to speak on t- today. And then five, spiritual gifts and the manifestation of the Holy Spirit. So those are our values, and that's a part of who we are. Uh, and like I said, we're going to talk about fruitfulness today, and then Pastor Taylor is going to talk about character development next Sunday. And then who knows what the Lord will have for us this Sunday after. We'll see what happens, though. Um, but we're going to start in Galatians. And so one of the things I don't like doing, and I'm going to do today, but I don't like doing it, is 
Um, we're going to have a lot of scriptures, and I pray, Ivy, that I get through many of them because I know you typed them up and put them up on the PowerPoint. Uh, and so I want to <laughs> thank you for your time and your effort in doing that, and I pray that we get through all of them. But I have a lot of little scriptures. Uh, some, of them, some of them we will hit on quickly and get to the meat of what we're going to talk on today. Uh, but we're going to, our focus is going to be in Galatians 5, uh, 16 through 18, and then 22 through 26. And if you have your Bible or a phone or iPad or whatever you use nowadays, your heart, uh, <laughs> find it. <laughs> Let's get there myself. Um, so Galatians chapter 5, verse 16 uh, through 18 is, let's go to 16. Uh, let me start at 15, actually. Therefore, be careful how you walk, not as unwise men, but as wise, making the most of your time, because the days are evil. So then do not be foolish, but understand that you will, uh, no, I'm not where I want to be, I think, no. I'm in Ephesians, ah. Like, that doesn't sound like what I want to preach on today. It was good, isn't it? <laughs> All right, 5, Galatians five sixteen. You guys had it already. I was the one wrong. Um, 16, but I say, walk by the Spirit, and you will not carry out the desires of the flesh. For the flesh sets its desires against the Spirit, and the Spirit against the flesh. For these are in opposition to one another, so that you may not do the things that you please. But if you are led by the Spirit, you are not under the law. Um, and we jump down to 22, and it says, But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things there is no law. Now those who belong to Christ Jesus have been crucified, have crucified the flesh with its passions and desires. We, if we live by the Spirit, let us also walk by the Spirit. Um, so we're going to talk about the Holy Spirit, and we're going to talk about uh, some initial things that the Holy Spirit brings. We're going to talk about how to walk in the Spirit, and then... We're going to talk about the fruits of that spirit, the Holy Spirit, not just any spirit. Um, um, so who is the Holy Spirit? The Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost is the third person of the Trinity, the triune God manifested as God the Father, God the Son, God the Holy Spirit or the Holy Ghost, each entity in itself being God. So the Holy Spirit is fully God um, and also fully Spirit. Uh, John 14:26 says, But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in, in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all things that I said to you. Uh, so the Holy Spirit is the Helper. is also a third person in the Trinity. Uh, the Holy Spirit comes with some initial things. Uh, at salvation, you are imparted with the Holy Spirit. And in that impartation, you are giving certain things that come with the Holy Spirit. Uh, some people call it maybe the gifts of the Holy Spirit or the first fruits of the Holy Spirit. Um, but it all, those are initial things that come with the Holy Spirit that are endowed in you uh, that are 
mentioned in Isaiah chapter 11. I think let's go there quickly. Uh, 11, I think 1 and 2. And it talks about, I'm not there myself, hold on a second. I don't like this Bible, but um, <laughs> let's see. Get there. Uh, so Isaiah chapter 11, verse 1 and 2 goes through uh, what the spirit, different things the spirit has. So the spirit has wisdom and understanding, counsel and fortitude, knowledge, and it says piety, uh, and then the fear of the Lord. So those are things that are endowed in the Holy Spirit. So wisdom is considered the first of the greatest, the first and the greatest of the gifts. Um, not going to go too much into wisdom. You understand what that is. Understanding helps one relate to all truth, uh, to one's supernatural purpose. It further eliminates one's understand, understanding of the scripture. Uh, counsel functions as a sort of supernatural intuition to enable a person to judge promptly or rightly. Uh, fortitude is often identified with courage, and it, it also encompasses endurance. Uh, then we have knowledge. We have piety, of course, to uh, piety, which uh, deals with reverence. The fear of the Lord is asking uh, about wonder and awe. With the gift of the fear of the Lord, one is made aware of the glory and the majesty of God. And then also with the Holy Spirit comes sonship. So in Romans eight twelve through 17, these are just what, you know, just like if I was to show up, I come with certain things. Uh, great personality, good looks, uh, <laughs> humor, you know, all the jokes, sarcasm, all that good stuff. Love also. Uh, and so when the Holy Spirit comes, he comes with certain things um, that you don't have to ask for or seek out. It's just, it's just the nature of who the Holy Spirit is. So those are things that just the nature of who the Holy Spirit is. Sonship is just what the Holy Spirit provides for us. In Romans 8, 12, 17, says, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors not to the flesh to live according to the, not to live according to the flesh. For if we live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many are, are, as are led by the Spirit of God, these are the sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness to our spirit that we are children of God. And if children, then heirs, heirs of God and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with him, we may also be glorified with him. That's a good word right there. Um, so, yes, yeah, so in, when the Holy Spirit shows up, he brings sonship. So we become uh, children of God. We are now adopted into his family. Um, also, the Holy Spirit brings power. I think the Holy Spirit is in coffee because coffee brings power to me. So I think that works. Somewhere the Holy Spirit is in coffee somewhere. I know caffeine, sugar, something like that. There's a combination of that works the Holy Spirit out in me. Uh, but he brings power. In Acts 1.8, it says, But ye shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witness to me in Jerusalem and in Judea and Samaria and to all to the end of the earth. So those are just some of the things. I'm not saying I'm just, that's not an exhaust, exhaustive characteristics of what the Holy Spirit brings, 
But those are some of the characteristics that the Holy, that the Holy Spirit brings. And that's important to know so that if you're saying that you have the Holy Spirit, then you're going to have some of these things. <laughs> you're going to have sonship. You're going to have fear of the Lord. You're going to have some knowledge, some fortitude. You're going to have some power, uh, whether it be coffee or otherwise. Uh, and some wisdom, some understanding, some counsel. Um, those are things, if you have the Holy Spirit, you're going to innately have. The Holy Spirit, is, if you're walking with the Holy Spirit, you're going to have some of those things. So, how do we walk? in the spirit that can be you know something to think about you know personally think about that it's rhetorical don't answer out loud Um, but how do you walk how do you consider yourself walking with the holy spirit the word walk um and you know when i study i go through the greek and i i have so much information that's probably not not you guys are not very interested in and i don't give out half of it anyway but i study it nonetheless um (laughs) but it helps me out because sometimes Words, I said that said this before, but words matter, and what their initial meaning is or was uh, matters. So in the Greek, walking means keeping step. Uh, uh, well, walking signifies the whole round of activities of an individual life. And I thought about that because I was like, well, why, why walking? Well, that's something that we do daily, most of us, if you can walk. Um, and it's not something that you think about. It is not... Um, I guess the older you get, you may think about it a little bit because getting up and walking around can be a little painful. <laughs> I didn't say who was old, myself included in that. <laughs> Sometimes this sciatic nerve right here just kind of gets on my nerves a little bit. Um, but it's a daily function, and it's not something that we think a whole lot about. And so when we walk with the Spirit, it should be a daily function that we don't think a whole lot about. It's just a, it should come natural. It's not something that you have to force or press. Or maybe, again, when older you get, or younger you are. <laughs> but it's a daily function, uh, and, it, and we do it every day. Keeping step with one another in submission to, of heart to the Holy Spirit, therefore keeping step with Christ. It is one of the things that define and experience. Another thing to walk in or to walk in it. You focus on it and intentionally practice it for a while until it becomes natural and instinctive part of your life. So as a baby, you have to practice how to walk. You actually you don't walk for a while. You then you crawl and then you walk. And baby singing or walking earlier and earlier. I don't know if that's a spiritual kind of spiritual thing or not. Um, but yeah, so then you learn to walk, and then it becomes a natural part of your life. And so as a Christian, as a new uh, child of God, you may be learning to walk, and it may be more difficult to walk, and you may practice that, and it becomes more intentional. But the more you do it, the easier it is, and then the less you think about it. You just, you do it. It's not something you think about, something you put a lot of effort into it. You just do it. And so that is, walking in the Spirit should look like that. Now, how many of you say, does it look like that for you guys? It's easy. It's every day. It's throughout your day. You pick it up. you, You do it. Without thinking, no one's raising their hand. <laughs> I'm not raising mine either. So, um, yeah, it is something that even now we have to we have to work at. Um, so, how do we do that? So, number one, and this is what I want, really want to focus on, and we're going to get to the fruits later. But this is what I really want to focus on because um, it talks about the fruit of the spirit, and so these are the fruits that the spirit fruits 
you must first have the spirit to bear the fruit. And if you don't have the spirit and know the spirit and have that and walking with the spirit, then you will not be able to bear the fruit. And the fruit is not the important part of the fruit is for other people. So it's not the most important part for you. Uh, you as an individual is more about the spirit and walking with the spirit because the fruit is for my fruit is for you. And your fruit is for other people and your coworkers and the people you don't like at work and people you like and the people who get on your nerves. And that's who your fruit is for. It's not for, for yourself. No tree eats of its, eats its own fruit. <laughs> uh, that fruit is for other people to enjoy. And so that's why the spirit for us as the individual, that's what we should focus on. And then the fruit is going to do what it needs to do um, when the Lord sees fit. Um, but one, um, to walk in the spirit, we first must lay aside every weight and sin. Hebrews 12, 1 says, therefore, we also, since we are surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses that is cheering us on on that roller coaster and screaming and saying, go, you can do it. Don't be afraid. Uh, let us lay aside every weight in the sin which so easily ensnares us and let us run with endurance the race that is set before us looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So it's important that we look at this scripture because it says weight and sin. So there are things that are not sin that may weigh you down, um, that may have, you may have good intentions. They may be good deeds, uh, but they are weighing you down from you walking with the spirit. Now, we can busy ourselves with so much in our schedules, whether it be helping people or not, or selfishly doing whatever we want to do. But that, that can be considered a weight, uh, not necessarily a sin, but it's something that maybe that it fills your schedule so much that it keeps you from walking in the spirit. So we definitely need to lay, lay those things down. Uh, and the NIV, it says throw off. So it's literally like a get a, getting rid of it, throwing it away. Um, but whether you throw it down or lay it down, you need to get rid of it. Uh, and the sin, that's easy. We know we shouldn't be, uh, be be ensnared in sin. So we should definitely lay that or throw that down. And I was reading some commentary. You said, said that you should be laying it down with the purpose of stoning it. That's deep, right? Yeah, you're going to kill that which you laid down. You're getting rid of the weight that ensnares us, that keeps us from walking with the spirit. And you really should, you have to think about that, that when you lay that down, you don't want to go back and be able to pick that back up or pick it back up later on. You want to get rid of it for good. It's not something you want to pick up and lay back down and you're good for a month or two and then you pick it back up and lay it back down. No, you want it gone and you want it gone for good. Um, So with the purpose of stoning, putting it to death, putting those deeds to death. Romans 8, 13 says the person who has been regenerated by the spirit is not stuck in sin by the spirit. The pull of the flesh can be resisted to put to death the deeds of the body. is pretty much the same thing as saying no to sin. So we're going to put those things to death. And it gives us in Hebrews 12, 1 and 2, it tells us how we should do that by looking to Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. So let us not every weight and sin that easily beset us. That's number one. We can do that by looking to Jesus. Uh, the second thing that we need to do as far as, or we should do, 
sounds like my wife just had a conversation with me about me saying what you need to do, <laughs> what you should do, and I don't think that works either. But anyway, <laughs> I'm just going to keep it to myself. Uh, <laughs> but I suggest strongly that you, <laughs> number one, lay aside every weight and sin, and number two, sow in the Spirit. So Galatians 6 and 8 says, for he who sows to the flesh will, will of the flesh reap corruption. But he who sows to the spirit will of the spirit reap everlasting life. So it says sow in the spirit. So I thought about that and I was like, man, you know, I hadn't thought about sowing in the spirit and what that looks like, and what that means. And I thought about a farmer who sows seed and what that can look like initially. And that can be toiling work. That can be working and putting time and effort into making sure that I'm walking with the Spirit. I'm putting in those seeds of prayer, of reading, of studying, of gleaning and listening to the Holy Spirit. I'm putting in those seeds so that I can reap everlasting life. Um, that can be, again, cumbersome. Because when you think of a farmer, that's uh, this farmer, when they're and now is the season that they would begin to sow in. And I have I work with some guys who have some farms. And they talked about, you know, when the weather is good, they're plowing the ground. And it may take them a couple of times to plow the ground to get it to where they want. Uh, And then they go through, and they really just farm for, I think most of them are just doing hay. Or they're farming hay, they're growing hay to sell. Uh, But, yeah, so it takes time. So they'll do that. Then they'll say, we're going to plant a couple of days. They're doing this on their, they're doing this, they don't do this full time. But I can imagine waking up and you got to feed the animals and you got to go out and you got to seed a certain part of the land, depending on how much land you have. And then you get a, the day is gone and you, another day you're going to be out toiling in the weather. Um, it's going to take some time to sow in the spirit. And it is not necessarily easy because, especially if you have that weight and sin that is easily besetting you, uh, then getting rid of that will allow you the opportunity to sow in the spirit more so that you can reap everlasting life. So one, lay aside every weight and sin. And two, we want to sow in the spirit. And then three, we want to pray in the spirit. So 1 Corinthians uh, 14, 13 through 16. And get that and says, Therefore let him who speaks in a tongue pray that he may interpret. For I pray in a tongue, my spirit prays. But my understanding is unfruitful. What is the conclusion then? I will pray in the spirit. Yes. And I will also pray with understanding. I will sing in the spirit and I will also sing with understanding. Otherwise, if you bless with the spirit, how will he who occupies the place of the uninformed say amen at your giving of thanks? Since he since he does not understand what you say for you indeed give thanks well, but the other is not edified. So it's just saying we're going to do both. We're going to pray in the spirit. We're also going to pray in in our regular in uh, and with understanding. We're going to sing in the spirit. We're going to sing with understanding because um, my spirit will be edified, um, but maybe the other people will not be edified. It says also in Romans eight twenty six says likewise the spirit also helps in our weakness, for we do not know what we should pray as we ought, 
But the Spirit himself make intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. And then finally in, in Jude 1.20 it says, But you, beloved, building yourselves up in your most holy faith, praying in the Holy Spirit. So, praying in the Holy Spirit is important in that walking with the Spirit. Because when you're praying with the Spirit, you get an understanding. Your Spirit is getting an understanding. And you're also going to pray with understanding as well. But we're going to lay aside every weight. We're going to sow in the Spirit. We're going to pray in the Spirit. And praying in the Spirit changes and strengthens your spirit. It enables you to overcome the weakness of the flesh and any bad habits. So laying aside those weights. It makes it easier to receive from God and keep what you have received. It strengthens your ability to resist the devil. It causes your inner man to rise up in adversity. It reveals the things to your spirit that you could never know by your own ability. Uh, So praying in the spirit reveals, uh, that last one, reveals who you are and also may tell you the things you may need to work on. Um, So those are important. So when we're going to... One more jump on, sorry. (laughs) Uh, So yeah, so those are the things that praying in the spirit is important. So the fourth thing we're going to do is renewing your mind. So Romans 12, 1 and 2, of course, I beseech you, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is a reasonable service. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. I forgot to take my phone out, you guys. So I can know what time it is. <laughs> Stay on top of that. So, yes, we want to make sure that uh, we are renewing our minds so that we are able to walk with the Spirit. So part of walking is renewing our minds, not being conformed to this world, um, not only leaning to our own understanding, um, but leaning to God and the Spirit changing us and conforming us and uh, making us anew so that we think like him. Uh, renewing that mind could be reading our word, again, could be in prayer. All those things help us to renew our mind so that we walk in the spirit and not walk in the flesh. The fifth thing we're going to do uh, is listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his directions. I think that's probably one. That's, I think that's, I got five, yeah. I thought about doing six, but I think I did five, yeah. <laughs> uh, listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his directions. Uh, John 10 says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs up some other way, the same as a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door, the shepherd by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him, the doorkeeper opens and the sheep hear his voice and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. Um, So we. So one of the things we, we do here is in listening to the Holy Spirit and, and following his direction is first we must know his voice. And the only way you're going to know his voice is to spend time with the Holy Spirit. I often relate to if I called some of you guys up on the phone, you wouldn't know who I was because you don't know my voice very well. Um, so if I were to call you, you might ask, who is this? Because I don't know who it is. But if I'm familiar with you, if you're more familiar with me, then I can call you up on the phone and you may and not not that you're looking at my name that pops up on your phone or whatever. But you may recognize it just from my voice because 
you spent some time with me, you know my voice. So even if, and then my wife and kids, even if I try to disguise my voice, they know my voice. And they say, oh, daddy, it's you. We know it's you. Um, so same with the Holy Spirit. If you spend time with the Holy Spirit, you will know the voice of the Holy Spirit. And you will then want to follow his, his directions. And so it's important that you spend time with the Holy Spirit with, when he's renewing your mind and prayer uh, and that you're listening. So you're just, just not hearing his voice because it's one thing to hear his voice. But now we've got to follow the directions of his voice. Um, John 15:1 says, I am the true vine and my father is the vine dresser. I wanted that. Yeah. Uh, my father is a vine dresser. Each, every branch in me that does not bear fruit, he takes away, and every branch that bears fruit, he prunes, that it may bear more fruit. You are already clean. You are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. So the only way you're going to know that word is you hear his voice. Abide in me, and I in you, as the branch cannot bear fruit of itself unless it abides in the vine, neither can you unless you abide in me. I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me and I in him bears much fruit. For without me you can do nothing. If anyone does not abide in me, he is cast out as a branch and is withered. And they gather them and throw them into the fire. and They are burned. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. By this my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so that you will be my disciples. That's a good word. Uh, and that transitions us into listening and listening to the Holy Spirit and following his direction. So we went through the five things. I'm going to go through them quickly, just review them quickly. Uh, well, let me go back here. So number one is we're talking about laying aside every weight in the sin that easily besets us. Uh, two, we're going to sow in the Spirit. Three, we're going to pray in the Spirit. Four, we're going to renew your mind. And five, we're going to listen to the Holy Spirit and follow his directions. And then when we look at John 15 and 1, talks about fruit. So now we're going to transition into what that fruit looks like and what is fruit. So fruit, in botany, a fruit seed bearing, fruit is a seed bearing structure uh, in flowering and plants formed from the ovary after flowering. Fruits are the means by which uh, that flower disseminate seeds so fruits so think about the fruit itself fruits are good for eating uh, they have nutritional value they contain seeds sometimes one or many seeds and they may be seasonal so you have some fruits that grow different times of the year so when you look at that analogy of fruit how, how can we correlate that to the fruit of the spirit you know so looking at Galatians 22 talks about the fruit of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Uh, and then there's some other fruits we'll get into a little bit later. But looking at what fruit is in the natural and then this correlation of fruit in the spiritual uh, that, the, that the Spirit bears, one, eating fruit is beneficial to our uh, health. So eating fruit is beneficial to our health. Eating spiritual fruit is beneficial to our health. Um, so, again, this is not for us that we bear in the, in the spirit, but this is, what we, uh, this is what we manifest once we abide. If we abide in him, we're going to bear much fruit. And when that fruit, other people are going to use that fruit. And so, 
they're going to benefit of them eating that fruit is that it's, there's a health benefit to that. There's a spiritual health benefit to us eating love, uh, to us having eating joy, uh, peace, forbearance, to experience that on the other end uh, and not be, to be the beneficiaries of that fruit and not necessarily uh, just growing the fruit. Does that make sense? Are you getting it? Yeah. Um, because we are, we are growing fruit but we are also taking of other people's fruit. Um, fruit fruit uh, can also be uh, characterized as having fleshy skins that allows them to be eaten easily. Um, so fruit in the natural has fleshy skin that allows it to be eaten easily, meaning that you don't have to cook fruit most of the time. You can pick it right off the tree and eat it. Um, you don't have to go to a process or anything like that. Um, then so should the fruit that we bear. Uh, that other people will eat. It should be eaten easily. It should be something that I don't have to go through a process to get it. <laughs> I don't, it doesn't take a long time. It, you know, when it's there, I can use it. When it's there, I, if I need forbearance, I can get forbearance from someone. If I need love, I can get it. And it's easily, readily available. I don't have to go through a process. I don't have to cook it down. I don't have to slice it up. I can take it off the tree and eat it. Um, there's nutritional value of the fruit, and it differs. Different fruits have different nutritional value. Love may differ from joy. Joy may be different from peace, uh, forbearance, kindness. The nutritional value that you get from eating that fruit may be different at different stages in your life. Uh, and some of it you may need more at different stages of your life. That's why some fruit is seasonal. So all fruit doesn't grow well. Nowadays you probably can get all fruit all times of the year, but that's just <laughs> that's not realistic. <laughs> it's not how it was back in the day. Uh, <laughs> you only could get certain things when they grew it during that season. Uh, so there may be seasons in your life that you may be more kind because you're bearing more kindness because the people around you may need that fruit, um, or there may be a time in your life where you need more love. And so you are seeking out more love from people. So the fruit that you're eating in that season is I need love. I need, I need joy in my life. So I'm eating joy from other people. And as the tree that is giving joy, I need to be willing and ready and able to give that. I don't, I don't need, you don't need to go through a process with me. You don't need to do cartwheels. You don't need to, uh, you don't have to say, well, I love you first before I show any love to you. That is not how it works. Um, let me see your fruit, see what you got. And then I'll make sure I'll then decide if I'm going to share my fruit with you. That is not how this works at all. It is easily available. There's no process to it. It is not for us to hoard. No, no, no peach tree says, no, don't grab my peaches. Then you're no good to anyone, right? Um, so yeah, so, and then, so seasonal, then it also contains seeds for many seeds. And so your fruit, when other people partake, has a seed in it, and they can take that love and plant it, and then they can grow love. They can take your joy that you gave them and plant it, because now they have that seed of joy and that fruit. Uh, or many different seeds, small seeds, and they can plant it, and then they can grow. 
And then they can use the joy that you gave them the seed, and take that seed and plant it. And then at some point in their life, when it develops, they're able to give joy to someone else. Or they're able to give love to someone else because what? You gave love to them. And they have a seed from that love, and they planted it, and they developed it, and it grows, and they abided in him, and it flourished. And now I can show love to other people. A small tree is not able to bear fruit initially. You have to take care of it. You have to prune it. You have to water it. You have to make sure it gets protected from the wind and doesn't get damaged. And so many times in our life, people are not protecting us. And so as a small tree, we may bear the brunt of some weather or some people trampling on us or breaking our limbs before they were ready to be used. Think of the Charlie Brown Christmas tree. That Christmas tree wasn't ready to be a Christmas tree yet. So it kind of, you put an ornament on it and it leaned over because it wasn't ready to be a full Christmas tree. And so many times in our lives, we've been used too early. And so then when we get developed, we're cautious. And we don't want to share our fruit with everyone because I've been hurt. I've been damaged. They didn't protect me from the wind and the rain and the weather. They grew me too early or they tried to prune me too much and they cut, cut into me too deep. But God says, your fruit is not for you. No peach tree says, well, these peaches are for me. You can't have any. It's not for Our job is to abide. And then John 15, 1 says, if I abide in him, that's all I need to do. He's going to bear much fruit. And I don't have to worry about anything else. And if I bear much fruit, I can feed many people. And it's not my job to worry about who it feeds and what, what they get from it. I have to abide. That's all I need to focus on, abiding, walking with the Spirit, abiding in the Spirit. And if I do that, then I'm going to bear much fruit. And I don't have to worry about, well, I'm getting low on fruit. I'm just abiding. People are taking my fruit. I'm just dividing. I'm giving out so much love and they're abusing my love. I'm just dividing. Well, I had joy and I came in with joy, but then they're trying to throw things at me. I'm just abiding. I had patience, but they weren't my nerves. (laughs) But I'm just abiding. They're taking my kindness for weakness. But I'm just abiding. And the world would not want you to be good or show goodness. But your job is just to abide. Faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. When is it? Oh, gosh. Um, Ivy, I didn't go into any of these in depth. (laughs) I have some scriptures with some of these fruits. We're not going to, because we don't, I don't think we have time to go. Yeah, we don't have time. Yeah, so. We're just going to abide. Second uh, Peter 2, 5 and 9 also talks about some other fruits. Uh says, but also for this very reason, given all diligence, add to your faith virtue, to virtue, knowledge, to knowledge, self-control, to self-control, perseverance, uh, to perseverance, godliness, to godliness, brotherly kindness, and to brotherly kindness, love. For if these things are yours and abound, you will be neither barren 
nor unfruitful in the knowledge of your Lord Jesus Christ. So faith, virtue, knowledge, perseverance, some of them are repeated in the fruits of the Spirit. But these are also fruits. Uh, there's not considered the fruits of the Spirit, but there's, it's also, I think, characterizes a fruitful life. That you have godliness, that you have, talk about kindness, that you have virtue, that you have perseverance. Um, that characterizes a godly life and a fruitful life. Um, we want to bear much fruit, not to be prideful, not to hoard it, but to share it with others. And as we walk through the rest of our week, uh, month, year, your focus really should be about abiding. So many, so many times our focus is, focus is about uh, showing the fruit. And I can be kind, but I can only be kind but for so long <laughs> in my own strength before it triggers y'all again on my nerves and I say something I shouldn't say. I do. Um, my coworkers say, you say anything to anybody. I say, I don't realize it, but okay. Um, <laughs> I don't say anything to anybody, I don't think. Um but uh, but yeah, you. Our focus is abiding, and so many times we want to appear that we are abiding by focusing on the fruit that is produced. So we show love, but it's not agape love. And we show joy a little bit, but it's not true joy. It's more happiness than joy, because it's not based in Christ, but it's based on what's happening in my life. And it looks like joy from the outside. It may appear that you have joy. And then I may go up and say, oh, that person has joy. I need joy. And then I get fooled because you really don't have joy. You just have happiness. And I need joy. And you may focus on love, and I come to you needing love. And the people who are coming to us, they need love. They don't need a, a flashy semblance of love. They don't need something that appears to be love, but is just, you know, niceties. Or, or no, they need love because they come, they're coming broken. And they're going to see love and they say, oh, you got love. And if they come to you and you really don't have love, your love ends in a week or two because they've gotten on your nerves and your love is saying, hey, don't call me no more. I don't have time. Then that person is hurt and broken because they thought you had love and you really didn't have love. So now they're looking at all Christians and saying, oh, those people don't really have love. They're just as broken as we are. Why do I need to go there? I went there for love and I found bitterness. Found anger, found frustration. I can get that where I am. But if we are going to, uh, but if we just focus on the fruit, then that's what will happen. But if we focus on abiding in Him, then God is going to take care of the rest, and we will bear much fruit. You stand to your feet. We're going to bear much fruit. And we can profess it and proclaim it this year, this week, tomorrow, today. (laughs) 
that we are going to bear much fruit abiding in him. Fruitfulness is important. Thank you for listening to this message from Cornerstone Community Church. We are located in Lynchburg, Virginia at 525 Old Graves Mill Road. You can find us online at cornerstonelynchburg.com, contact us by email, cornerstonecom at comcast.net, or call us at 434-847-4796. We pray the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance on you and give you peace.